Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 66, verses 1 through 9. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 1-15 through Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the despicable practices of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places that Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he erected altars for Baal and made an Asherah, as Ahab king of Israel had done and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he burned his son as an offering, and used fortune-telling and omens, and dealt with mediums and necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. And the carved image of Asherah that he had made he set in the house of which... The Lord said to David and to Solomon, his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will not cause the feet of Israel to wander any more out of the land that I gave to their fathers, if only they will be careful to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they did not listen, and Manasseh led them astray to do more evil than the nations had done, whom the Lord destroyed before the people of Israel. And the Lord said by his servants, the prophets, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has committed these abominations and has done things more evil than the Amorites did who were before him, and has made Judah also to sin with his idols, therefore thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing upon Jerusalem and Judah Judah, such disaster that the ears of everyone who hears it will cringe and tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plumb line of the house of Ahab, Now I'll wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Now I'll forsake the remnant of my heritage and give them into the hand of the enemies, and they shall become a prey and a spoil to all their enemies, because they have done what is evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger, since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. 
for I do not want for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that is good, that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not want to do, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 66, 2 Kings 21, and Romans 7. And I didn't think I missed yesterday, but... Or maybe I missed Monday. Anyway, I was looking at the last couple of recordings, and I think I failed to upload one. So I'm sorry about that. I'm slipping in my old age. Um... In this morning's readings, we hear about uh, Manasseh, who's one of the particularly evil kings. Um, and it stood out to me that uh, in verse 6, he burned his son as an offering. And it kind of goes on, like, and he did these other things. Um, and the, I guess the translation is kind of shaky because in the NRSV, uh, it mentions that the Hebrew is a little flexible. It might mean that he made his son pass through the fire. And so maybe he didn't kill him, but did something that was, you know, unnecessary and, and um, you know, kind of messed up. Um, and it made me think about Roe v. Wade, the arguments against Roe v. Wade about how, you know, children are involved. And I don't know if I... I don't know if I said this. I, yesterday I posted to Substack at the Post, and I talked about my feelings about uh, Roe v. Wade and how it's about power and and how I, you know, I find myself in the middle ground because I don't really think of myself as I I do not call myself a progressive. I have no interest in doing that. Um, my beliefs probably are more reflective of what we call progressives, but I also can see how autonomy can be an idol like i don't like saying pro i like saying pro choice less than i would say pro life not because they're political meaning but because like choice i, I yeah i think we kind of worship liberty and it can cut both ways um the anyway i th- so i i mentioned that because um, I don't know, I want to be pretty uh, forthright about what my beliefs are and what I think about all this. And so if you're interested, read, uh, go to pewpew.substack.com and you'll you'll see my most recent post. But also here, like the arguments against Roe and against abortion, you involve children. 
And I kind of hinted at that, and maybe I spoke about it on the podcast, but um, the way that we have constructed our understandings, uh, first, our political imagination in America, and then second, I think, our our spiritual imagination, um, I think is, is, I don't think it's necessarily corrupt, but I, I don't think it's, it's fallible. It's corruptible, right? Um, and so I agree that children are particularly vulnerable and deserve, uh, you know, special protections. But what Roe did was it, it struck down total bans in Texas and Georgia in 1972 or 73. I always get the years mixed up. Texas and Georgia said, okay, no ban, no abortion whatsoever, which is now what we're returning to, right? Um, what Roe did was say, and I'm sorry, Casey as well, Casey Planned Parenthood, um, those two rulings established viability as something like a legal threshold for personhood. I don't think that they, they didn't say that explicitly, but that's, I think that's their effect. Before a fetus is viable, it is not a person in our modern understanding, you know, uh, modern liberal, you know, understanding of what a person is. Because before viability, they can't exist without their, their mother, without another person. Um, and, you know, we can have a conversation about women and what Roe and its overturning did and didn't do, but the the person in our understanding, uh, you know, the way we talk about personhood and liberty and rights, only the mother exists. Before the fetus is viable, like, it can't, it doesn't have a voice because the lungs are the last to develop. Like, I saw this video on TikTok um, uh, that, that point out, you know, it's convenient that you know, everybody's up in arms or uh, forced birth extremists are up in arms because like, oh, won't somebody think of the children? And they're speaking for children. They're speaking for souls that have no voice out of biological necessity, not out of oppression, not out of you know, necessarily danger, but because that's the way God made them. Your lungs develop last. Like if God wanted you to have a voice in the womb, your lungs would be first. Um, and the, the, so that's, and that's how I think of it. That's how I try and make sense of it. Um, that Roe did in fact, Roe and Casey um, tried to create a middle ground. Roe was a 7-2 decision in which three Republican appointed justices joined with the majority. Um, so it wasn't partisan. It wasn't liberal activism. Um, three of the seven votes in favor were from Republican-appointed justices. Another justice, Powell, I think, had a law clerk um, who had suffered directly, well, I, no, not directly, who had witnessed firsthand the dangers of, of outlawing abortion. If you listen to the latest Episode, or the latest season of Slow Burn on Roe v. Wade, it talks about how Powell's um, law clerk, a man, um, had been asked by his fiance or, or partner. I don't think it was. I don't think it was his wife. I think it was partner. You know, intimate partner. Um, they'd gotten pregnant, and abortion was illegal. And and she pleaded with 
him, the law clerk, to help her abort the fetus. And something went wrong because he's not a doctor, she's not a doctor. And uh, the woman bled out and died. And so Powell had this, you know, pretty close connection to the dangers of keeping abortion illegal. Um, and, you know, leading up to 72, 73, sure, the, you know, flower power, hippie, uh, women's lib movement was going on. But the Supreme Court and the the opinions author, Blackman, um, they were responding primarily to physicians who were concerned that keeping abortion illegal um, and to ban it outright, as Texas and Georgia was trying to do, would lead to a higher mortality in women because they were having to deal with these botched abortions in emergency rooms, you know, in back alleys at people's homes. That was the impetus. It wasn't like, I want to have sex without with no consequences. It was people are, are hurt, uh, people who have a story, who have, you know, established rights, who have personhood and our understanding of it, our Western understanding of it. Um, and so I, I mention all this because, you know, you could make the argument that um, children are important. God is particularly incensed when children are hurt, whether or not Manasseh's son was sacrificed as, an, as a burnt offering or just passed through the fire as some inappropriate test of some kind. You know, it's debatable, right? Um, God makes very clear elsewhere that he never, God never asks for uh, child sacrifice, but he also never asks for human sacrifice. Children do deserve protection, but there is this consideration of like people who have been people who are people who are sentient, you know, for lack of a better word, who have the ability to create a narrative with God and to interact with God independently of other people um, within community, like that is also important. Um, and so uh, I sympathize with um, the, the, the so-called pro-life camp. Um, that doesn't mean I agree with them. I think it's important to, to take both sides of an issue and understand them, to engage with them, even if you ultimately think one is untenable. Um, it's a lost art in our society, I think, to actually listen to people you disagree with, consider what it is they have to say, and share why or why not you, you are willing to stand with them. A prayer for the oppressed from the Book of Common Prayer. Look with pity, O Heavenly Father, upon the people in this land who live with injustice, terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Have mercy upon us. Help us to eliminate our cruelty to these, our neighbors. Strengthen those who spend their lives establishing equal protection of the law and equal opportunities for all. And grant that every one of us may enjoy a fair portion of the riches of this land. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, 
You can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.